some people will have a different opinion to that. And the US is now, I feel, in my opinion, falling behind with this because most other countries have got rid of the testing now, particularly if you're fully vaccinated and you've had your booster. You know, most of these players that will go every year and maybe they'll make the M-Life gold now are back to the very bottom of that run. So it's a really, really tricky situation. And to be honest with you, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I think this is, we're going to have this unpredictable nature probably for at least the rest of this year. Ready to maximize your travel and casino experience from both sides of the pond? From airline miles, hotel points, and loyalty programs to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all of the knowledge you need to travel in style. Welcome to ZorkCast, powered by TravelZork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. Now, please welcome the hosts of ZorkCast, Michael Mason Traeger, and everyone's favorite Brit, Steve White. Welcome back to ZorkCast, and welcome to episode number 129. This is a subject area which is very interesting and is also something that I have discussed quite at length with Steve before. And the title of the episode is <laughs> Local Joys, Foundering COVID, UK Dilemma, Family, and Vegas Me Balance. So, Steve, this what is a topic, eh? this is all you because, you know, you're the man in the UK. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, every time I start to record, this dog that was sleeping wakes up. <laughs> so I don't. So Leo is like sort of circling me. Is that like circling the wagon? Uh, I think it's because he hears me and he's like, "Oh my god, it's Steve! I need to wake up and listen." Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's really good. If if only Leo could give us Apple Podcast reviews, yeah, exactly. then life would be grand. But unfortunately, yeah, someone's saying now I'm going to go look for Leo reviews. So, yeah. <laughs> one of the most interesting topics that I find is this entire concept of Vegas me balance. And that is something about, you know, people who love recreational gambling and also love going to Vegas and love going to casinos often like to do it. I mean, maybe not necessarily just themselves, like they meet up with other people that they're friends with. Of course, that's a huge thing now with all the different communities and people you've met from Twitter and people who are interested in the same things you're interested in, like. For me, for instance, Baccarat craps. But there is this like Vegas me thing, which is much different than, say, somebody just taking a holiday to Vegas, you know, who's not really into gambling. You know, and you hear that quite a bit, like when people say, oh, I go to Vegas, but I don't gamble at all. But I sort of yeah. like the vibe and I like that. Or, or so, people that sort of swing by Vegas whilst they're on a trip to the West Coast of the United States and they just spend a couple of days there. It's very different. Yes, and that's a different and, kind of trip in, in really in its entirety, isn't it, too? Yes. And let's, you know, with the Vegas me thing, it is true that even before you had your first child, Vegas was mostly a you thing. Whereas I know a it few was totally people, a me thing. Yeah, I know a few people, you know, there's like a partner kind of thing where they both really enjoy casinos in Vegas. But it seems to me the vast majority of people we know, one of the couple is much more interested in Vegas than the other. And when that happens, I think 
going to Vegas is much nicer when you go alone, once again, even if you're meeting up with people who like Vegas, just because you could focus more on what Vegas me really means. So I guess maybe yeah. if you could define that, like what is a Steve, what does Vegas me mean to you, Steve? For me, I think it means a solo trip, which is predominantly filled with gambling, which kind of you then have to balance out. And that's kind of, I suppose, the way this episode is going to go with other trips to other places, because that isn't for everyone. And that wouldn't certainly wouldn't be for my wife, for instance. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's just something that she wouldn't enjoy. So why would I sort of force that upon her? Um, if you will. So I would say for me, a Vegas me trip is purely me. And I'd much rather, I think, go less frequently and be able to have me trips than to go more frequently as part of a bigger vacation, as a bigger holiday, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So that's, you know, that's where we're going in this episode. You know, basically, this whole Vegas me balance, family, and also some of the joys that you had to find, you know, in the yeah. casino world, I'm potentially, you know, during COVID. And that's going to be our main focus of this episode. The well, other thing I want to just mention, yes. Particularly because it's been two years. You know, I've been back to Vegas once, but previously to that, it had been two years. And a lot can change in two years. And a lot of discoveries are made, I guess, based around COVID, too. But we'll come to that. Yes. And then the only other quick topic I'm going to mention is hosts. Happy host, happy player. You know, we've had a little bit of conversation. A lot of this goes on in Twitter about hosts. And I also want to tell you about another great new podcast with some awesome people talking about one of my favorite casino games. And it's got to be craps. It's got to be craps, surely. It's always, it's always <laughs> craps. So, Steve, this is all you. You know, tell us. Well, I think there's a few different things to unpick here. So I think we have to consider the role the pandemic has played. And feel free to just chip in with anything you want to say as well here. Because I think that the impact of COVID can't be understated with how it's affected people's Vegas trips, particularly... And I'm obviously focusing here on a UK focus, but certainly this would apply to anyone wanting to travel into the US. Now, I used to travel to the US really, really frequently, as you know, like multiple times a year. But that's changed. And in part, I think that you have to consider the impact of the ongoing sort of COVID rules, COVID restrictions and how that's changed things, particularly not only on, and I'm not only talking about testing here, but I'm also talking about the increased travel costs. I was, I was sort of canvassing opinion earlier on my, with my followers and sort of asking people, particularly about the cost of flights, because costs of flights from London, for instance, are crazy. You're like thinking three times what you paid pre-pandemic. And I asked people, have the increased cost of flights from London impacted your Vegas plans for 2022? Very simple question, yes or no answer. And 62% of people who voted in this poll said that, yes, the increased cost of flights has impacted on their plans. Now, that led me to think, okay, well, how has it impacted on people's plans? Because impacted on plans can be very sort of subjective. It doesn't mean it's necessarily they're not going, but what is actually, how has that affected their Vegas experience? And a lot of people are saying they are still going, but whereas they would have gone multiple times a year, maybe now they're only going once or twice. So that's going to affect how you do Vegas. Perhaps you go to Vegas a couple of times a year solo, 
couple of times a year with a partner, once a year with a partner, maybe that's going to change. Maybe people are looking at uh, approaching Vegas in a different way. Maybe more people are going to make Vegas part of that bigger travel experience. Say if you're planning a, I don't know, a trip to California or somewhere else on the West Coast, maybe then you're going to stop into Vegas for a couple of days. So I think that's something that is definitely having an impact. And I find it really interesting, particularly with flights. So I don't know if that's the same in the US with flight prices, but I find it really interesting because there's been so long that we couldn't travel to the US and flight prices have stayed super high since. But I don't feel like the flights aren't full. The demand isn't necessarily what you might expect. And maybe that in part is due to the increased costs. I don't know. But we, I see a lot of people as well. Yeah, I see a lot of people commenting on. So I'm not going to name names because I'll end up mixing people up. But someone on Twitter replied to me and said, we've not booked the premium economy. We'd booked for the council 2020 and 2021 trips because we can't afford that anymore because the prices have changed. Yes, we will only fly indirectly for the first time. It costs the same for economy flights this time as it did for premium economy the last time. So it's definitely making us think about future trips. But surely this is only going to hurt both the U.S., tourism economy and the airlines i don't know maybe i'm barking up the wrong tree here do you have any thoughts on that i agree I flight absolutely. prices almost double from 2019 i absolutely agree on that i mean part of the problem is the airlines are you know at this point taking a little bit of advantage yeah. you know and i think that's you know it's sort of like we've had a reboot you know, like we always had these historical, like you would have these fair sales for certain times a year and certain times a year it would be expensive. Yeah, if you waited to a certain period, it might be more expensive. But now everything seems more expensive all the time. It's the same thing with U.S. domestic airfare. And it's, you know, it's a U.S. domestic airfare problem for Las Vegas. And also you have parallel to that, which is very interesting, but it's good to remind people you're in the UK, you still need to test to come to the yes. United States. And that, that then you're the testing case. at the beginning yeah. of your trip. Now, for me, that's okay. And you can get back to the UK without testing. Something that's really impacting a lot of Americans, and I hear this a lot, they're like, I want to go to Europe. But, you know, the problem is I'm just really nervous. Like I'm going to get I, stuck there. Yeah. If I test positive, I'm going to be stuck in a foreign country until I can clear a COVID test to come back to the United States. So in some way, I mean, the United States should absolutely be doing away with this testing coming into the U.S. because I'm not even sure what purpose well, it serves. Well, this is the other thing, because this is another question I ask people. Has the continued COVID testing requirements for travel to the U.S. impacted your Vegas plans for 2022? Now, granted, 68 percent of people said no, it hasn't. But 34 percent, sorry, of people said it, it has. So 66, no, 34 said yes. And that's still quite a high figure, right? Okay, it's not over 50%, but 34% of people were thinking, should I be going to Vegas? Can I go to Vegas? Because I've got to go through all this testing. And I don't think that's necessarily because people were afraid of testing positive even. I think it's the people are lazy. They don't want to test. <laughs> people are naturally lazy. But also it's the increased costs. Imagine if there's a family going, you're going to have to test everyone. What happens then if one person tests positive? Do you go? Do you not go? And this test has to be taken a day before, so it just adds to the stress. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think my opinion is if I desperately want to go, I would just do the test. I had to test to come to Zorkfest in December, and it was fine. But some people will have a different opinion to that. And the U.S. is now, I feel, 
in my opinion, falling behind with this because most other countries have got rid of the testing now, particularly if you're fully vaccinated and you've had your booster. It is. I mean, in that anxiety, you know, when you create blockers for people, right? I mean, yeah, if, yeah exactly. And also, like, we're really easygoing about, like, vacation changes, flight changes, all that kind of stuff. But for a lot of people, they are extremely yeah. intense about like they book because their we know we don't, yeah, yeah, have, three years. I mean, yeah, but we know that's because we're comfortable. We know how to deal with that. We know what our rights are. We have our sort of BA status or whatever, so we know we're going to be well looked after. But a lot of people, this is like their one trip a year that they you know, and they don't want to have to deal with that. So they're looking to go elsewhere where they don't have to test. I mean, even Australia, you do not need to test for now. And think how closed off Australia was for most of the last two years. And also, people are. I mean, just because the logic is like it shouldn't be a big deal and you shouldn't be worried about it, people tend to be illogical with things that they worry about. You know, just like air travel in general, like people are never worry that much about driving their car down a highway, but get nervous when they're flying. Not us or a lot of people we know. Now, that's totally irrational because driving a car is really dangerous and flying on a plane is really safe, but it doesn't matter. That's the way our brains work. So this idea that you need to test to come to the United States and you might test positive and that's going to ruin your vacation plans is just something that, you know, you might say, yeah, but that's sort of irrational that you're worried about that. Chances are you're not going to test positive, but it is something that's doing it. And also, I think the cost is just really out of sight now. I mean, Vegas, we well, can't predict the, anything. I can't predict anything. Like I made a prediction the yeah. other day. I see all these new all-inclusive resorts opening up in Mexico and a lot of places. I mean, the all-inclusive is all the rage now. You know, if you've yeah. noticed a lot, especially with the big companies like Hilton, Hyatt, they're all expanding into this all-inclusive. And I think actually Marriott has one that's going to open outside of Cancun I was reading about today, which is going to have a big water park. And it's tough, you know, I mean, it's tough for people to, you know, figure out what they want to spend, how their budgets are going to work. And I think that all of the whole pricing thing is so hard to predict. I'm looking at other stuff saying that there's pent up demand now and eventually the prices are going to normalize. I really don't know what to say. About When's that going to happen? I don't I mean, understand what to say. Like I look at like the birthday trip weekend I'm doing on like June 10th. Like when is sold out? I don't even know why they're sold out that weekend. I don't yeah. think there's a conference or anything. And then you bring the Raiders into it and well, conferences coming back. I don't even understand how and it's to not like prices price. are rock bottom either. And this is the other thing I was going to touch on. And, and please understand, listeners out there, this is not just about Vegas. The prices on travel are going up everywhere. London is crazy right now. If you want to stay in London, prices are triple what they were this time last year. But you've also got to bear in mind that now people are having to pay more for their hotel room and it's even for people with comps the offers have gone down maybe you can't get comped where you could get comped before maybe you've got less free play maybe you've got so you're getting less and people will say well yeah but you're still staying for free you're still getting a substantial amount of food and beverage but you're getting less than you were so t- to someone like me i'm still losing value just in a kind of a different way than if people perhaps are no longer able to pay to stay at the win because the prices have gone sky high. Some of those weekend prices are crazy, right? Uh, yeah, particularly uh, the there too. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the occupancy. And also it's very hard. Like we all have our like little blinders on what we notice. Like a lot of people say to me like, oh, I don't think Resorts World is really catching on with gamblers or I don't know. And I know their occupancy on certain, you know, on certain periods is very high. But then Vegas will trick you. Because all these hotels, what's so unusual about the Vegas market is the hotels are so gargantuan. Like, take the Conrad. It's still 1,800 rooms, one of three hotels. So, of course, there are going to be some periods where they've got a dump inventory and the rates are really low, which is very confusing. But, like, even when I look at my – like, a very, very small study of my own offers – I played seriously once at Resorts World at the end of December. I immediately got like really good offers for like Conrad and food and beverage and free play. And then it dropped to like, here's a room at Conrad. And then it dropped to here's a room at Hilton. <laughs> room at Hilton. Yeah. Now, the thing that we can't figure out is like. You haven't either, been back, right? You right. And I haven't been back. I haven't played. You haven't there. burned them or anything like that. Yeah. So the question is either their casino marketing is upside down or perhaps they're saying, hey, we don't have to really entice you with better offers because we're filling up. Yeah, we're selling these rooms anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. And of course, there's no way to know any of this. Like usually in the past, offer levels, if you've played at a place strong, they stay consistent for like six months yeah six exactly. months to eight months and, and, now they will drop off until you re, until you rebook as well most offers yeah well i think very, if you very... sometimes if you go a year yeah. they sort of just drop off because like you did your play they gave you some good offers they gave you more good offers you didn't come and then sometimes that drops off and then sometimes well, something comes back and this is something else that i was going to touch on later and i'll come back to it but people's offers and status disappearing because they haven't been able to get back. But anyway, continue. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's really a hard thing to figure. So how do you deal with, I mean, how, you know, what do you mean when you mention the UK dilemma and like local joys found during COVID? So if COVID never happened, Steve would have kept going to Vegas every few months, the same exact pattern that you regularly did, but then COVID happened. You had this two year hiatus. Travel is different now. We've got inflation, we've got travel prices and we have all of that. So there's there's more to it too, because my life was obviously changed when I had my, my son. So that would have had an impact anyway. So I can't hand on heart say I would have traveled exactly the same and in exactly the same way and exactly the same frequency. But I think sort of having to open your eyes to alternatives. And I always kind of, for example, swore off of UK casinos and never even went into one until COVID hit. And I had some really great times there, you know, um, particularly with people like Matt Bridger, who was in the same position. We had some amazing nights um, playing at those. And you can see some of the stuff that he put out there on his YouTube channel when when he had was forced to, to stay in the UK. So I think you then start to weigh up. Is this enough to scratch the itch? And, and you realize it absolutely isn't. Let me just put that out there. It's not. It can't replace Vegas at all. However, it does make you realize that perhaps, okay, maybe I... Well, I end up going less frequently because of other factors. If I have to go less frequently, for instance, because I have a young family now, which I didn't have before, maybe then I cut down on the trips and I I do that for, uh, a couple of times a year to make up for that. And I maybe only go to Vegas once or twice. So that's something and else we that found are thinking about. You know, this has been a very interesting you know journey in the casino industry in the United States because you know a lot of us started to find that with 
local casino properties, mm. right? Sure. You know, where we live, like when I lived in New Hampshire, Mohegan Sun became really important to me. And once I started to get into Mohegan Sun, I started to travel to Vegas less often because I thought I was getting good value from that local casino. And that's something that's interesting. I mean, I think the hardest thing, I mean, I liked when I lived in the UK, I loved going to Playboy Club and I love going to the UK casinos. I also like going to Empire. If you're a table games player, with the exception of craps, UK casinos are pretty okay, you know, for you to go to. I think the hardest part is the slots just leave a lot yeah. to be desired, but I Although think they actually improved. They yeah. have gone better. And I think in part, during COVID, we discovered that. And I think most people in the UK would agree over the last few years, they got better. The problem is the limits on how many machines you can have. And that's when you end up you know, with these machines or like 20 different games on because they can only have so many physical machines that you don't, we don't have anything like video poker. And it's really, the reward systems are really just unclear. I mean, we still get free drinks and free play and stuff, but the free drinks are like, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. It's not consistent at all. And that's sort of one of the issues with UK casinos. But also we have a, a largely sort of, I don't want to say unregulated because that's the wrong word. It clearly is regulated. But we have a lot of online gambling here too. A lot of sports betting. You can play slots online. You can play as many slot games as you want online. There's no limits like there is in the physical casinos, which is kind of the backwards thing, right? So there is definitely ways of scratching that itch. But there's also, I mean, there's also other alternatives. Like I know we had a conversation about how easy it would be for me to just fly over to Boston and you could have like Encore Boston Harbor there. It's a much shorter flight. You can do it in a long weekend, you know, that sort of thing. Perhaps UK visitors are thinking more about that too. And I think I saw someone mention on Twitter from the US that they were going to Encore this weekend. So I think more people are are exploring, you're right, are exploring those other options even within the United States as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, and you always run into this with Vegas. You know, I've gone, you know, I would never say I've never not been in love with Vegas, but you could mm-hmm. sort of phase, you know, in and out of those periods. I really have been on a pretty pro Vegas thing because I just think a lot of what Vegas offers, a lot of other cities don't. And I think a lot of the new things that keep cropping up, I still think there is really strong value proposition there. But I get it. You know, the once once the prices get high, that becomes really, really difficult. And obviously the the award systems, the loyalty programs are trickier. I mean, I think there are positives and negatives, you know, I think depending on the type of player you are and how you take advantage of certain things. I mean, I think we hear, you know, that's why I caveat like what I was talking about my Resorts World offers. I mean, it's really hard to give definitive advice to anyone because so many things just seem in flux right now, right? Because regularly, like, occupancy, like, Vegas would know the conventions it has. Vegas would know how many people are coming. You wouldn't have this pent-up demand factor. I think now everything is just so much wackier that you really can't predict it. Some of its best times right now, isn't it? If you look at the financials, it's doing really well. So they're not having to make this sort of desperate claw to get people back kind of like they had to after the recession. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're never going to be able to replace Vegas. And I was going to touch on that later. But longer term, you know, you're never going to be able to to replace it. But I think people are being more 
conscious perhaps with their decision making partly because what you know we had a rough couple of years with covid some people probably still aren't ready to travel you've got the cost of living going up i don't know how that's impacted the us but certainly over here prices at the moment are sky high people are really having to cut back fuel prices in particular people don't have the disposable income they once had and so people are then having to maybe decide, okay, well, do I go? Do I go then with a smaller bankroll? How does that affect my offers? If I'm in the UK, I haven't been able to go for two years. I'm kind of back to square one because my status has no longer been extended because people have been able to go. So what do I do? And maybe your status has been sorted out if you've got, if you're a level of player where you've got a host, but most people don't. You know, most of these players that will go every year and maybe they'll make M Life Gold now are back to the very bottom of that rung. So it's a really, really tricky situation. And to be honest with you, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I think this is, we're going to have this unpredictable nature probably for at least the rest of this year. Yeah. And also with the prices being much higher, I mean, one of the things that you used to talk about is like, oh, when the room rates weren't always sky high, say, oh, get a room rate through a luxury program. Yeah. You'll get your breakfast, you'll get your $100. But now that the room rates can be double of what they were a year ago in a lot of instances, now it's become a really expensive destination to go to. And I think, you know, I actually, that's probably the crux of it is, you know, Vegas always was an issue of like, it was a value destination, even though the value isn't the same. Everyone will talk about like, Oh, in the year 2002, I got so much value. Yeah. But in the 1990s, there was some, whether you're talking pay tables or buffet prices or, you know, no resort fees. Yeah. There's always been, you know, but still Vegas is a value destination. But, you know, your biggest cost component, I mean, let's set aside the airfare, your biggest cost component are your room nights, right? So now all of a sudden, if your room nights your are much more, <laughs> yeah, or your bankroll, yeah, well, your room nights are your bankroll, but say you're not the biggest gambler. Now, if yeah. all of a sudden the hotels are double the price that they used to be, it might be nice that you can get some free drinks on the casino floor, but if you're paying double the price for the hotel room, yeah, it, it doesn't... It's much a value proposition. Yeah. yeah, and then the question is, are the alternatives you can go to, you know, like, what are the alternatives? And I think that's actually what's driving this all-inclusive thing with so many companies getting into it because people, like, sort of want to... I want to go on vacation. I just want to know totally what I'm spending. Pay this price. Yeah. 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 And I I mean, do you see, do you see that with like the cruise market too? Yes. I mean, I think the cruise market has a lot of its own other dilemmas because a lot of the cruise lines have taken on an immense amount of debt. Things are going to take forever to recover. But I think, you know, what's interesting, and I haven't thought about this before, you know, when you think about an all-inclusive vacation, it's like you know what you're going to spend pretty much so. You know, there isn't a lot of add-ons. You know, gamblers, like when you would go, you have like a – you're like dealing with your bankroll, right? You go for your – you have your comp room. Maybe you have some food and beverage and other stuff on your offer, and then you'll see how it sort of works itself out, right? Because if you win, you know, then the trip is really positive and you can roll that bankroll into the next trip. And if you lose, then you say, well, I lost – $1,800 this weekend, but I had a comp room for the weekend. So that was the cost of your room. So it's such a funny kind of thing, right? Because you could wind up losing for the weekend and then you could say, well, what I lost that weekend, 
I still got good value because I got the comp rooms and all of this for it. And it doesn't matter. And if you won, it just becomes, you know, a cherry on top because obviously most people aren't considering that they're going to win. So that's it's sort of interesting. Do you think like so how do you think you're going to deal with your Vegas me balance? Let's set aside like this year a little bit and let's assume that things start to stabilize by next year are you rethinking the number of trips you would have taken because your life is a little bit different with having you know a child and all of that like how are you going to satisfy yourself but yet sort of balance all of that yeah i mean for me it's definitely going to be less trips but that's partly due to sort of factors that that exist that i irrespective of all of this that would have happened anyway so i don't really see that as something that's impacted just purely because of covid or just because now this would have happened anyway and it's just because life has changed for me but i think that we will eventually see that stabilization happen i just think it's going to happen a lot slower than people think i think from talking to people people are going to take less trips i had a message from someone who was saying that they would have in the past done sort of quick four or five day trips for about 500 pounds or so somewhere like the d and you know even including flights and that just doesn't exist right now so i think when you if you if and when if i say if because who knows maybe those deals are never going to come back but if you see stuff like that coming back maybe you'll start to see that people getting back to that normal experience i think otherwise for most people they're not going to give up on vegas but i think it's certainly going to be you know a couple of times a year thing rather than three or four and i think that would be the same for me too do you think think that's the uh, solution are you going to shift it all you're going to still keep vegas pretty much so as a me thing because your wife isn't really into vegas and yet if you want to talk about like the third rail of like kids in vegas conversation yeah yeah i I mean that's uh but i would I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but I would guess if your wife isn't a huge fan of Vegas, you've got to travel pretty far to go to Vegas. Making Vegas a family vacation is probably not particularly compelling not, for someone not, in the UK. I mean, not that's an option. A- <laughs> I mean, for some people it would be, I suppose, but for me, it's definitely not an option. So, also, I mean, the problem is if you really, you know, I love, you know, what I love about like going to Vegas and the me trips is that, you know, maybe I'll gamble till five o'clock in the morning. Maybe I'll go to sleep earlier and go down at four o'clock in the morning and start gambling. Maybe I'll play coffee dice, you know, which is really just dice with your espresso in the morning. But, you know, that kind of thing. And I think family, the dynamic of family trips is really, really difficult if you enjoy the gambling vibe. And I think part of it, I don't know, you could say this as a machine player, like table players, like I'm just fascinated. Like I love walking to different casinos and like, oh, what's the craps tables look like? Are they crowded? What's the minimums? What's the maximum bets? You know, what's going on? Oh, does this casino have Baccarat? What's the minimum bets? What's the maximum? You know, sort of looking at people play, you know, just that whole wandering around, which I really enjoy. And other people are probably like, this is insane. Like, why do you like doing that? But that's also probably similar for even video poker and slots people. You like yeah, sort of absolutely. wander around. If you have a particular game you like or you're looking to play a particular game or you know a certain casino have – there's only one casino that's got this really old game that you still like, then that certainly happens and certainly as well with the video poker pay tables. And variety amongst machines too, I suppose. I think that would be one of my one criticisms actually of Resorts World when I was there in December. I wanted more of those old school slots that they were so new and so modern they just didn't have. 
So I guess that's true. You do sort of go on a wonder. But I think one point I just really want to make is that my Vegas experience would have changed anyway. And it would have changed because of I have a young family now. I, it's, it would never be possible to continue how I was when it was just my wife and I. But that, you know, will change as time goes on, too, as, as they get as the children get older and so on and so forth. Then I'll be going back, I'm sure, a lot more. And and once I'm your age, <laughs> maybe even more. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like you've been a little bit less over the last sort of year, maybe. I feel like there was a period where you used to be in Vegas all the time. Uh, maybe like you when was the last time you went january january so, yeah. which is kind of like unusual for you maybe i don't know maybe i'm putting words into your mouth you know i take a i think part of it is when i was living in california for nine months of it was course. so yeah. it was so easy to go to vegas i also think that you know during covid and coming out of covid i mean i guess i don't know we're still in covid well you're in the uk for part of that too right exactly i think it was just and also there was a huge you know it was a great value proposition you know with vegas because the comps were flowing things weren't that crowded it was different i mean there were obviously things you didn't like like wearing masks and things like that but I still thought it was interesting. I got a chance to go to Laughlin twice. And I wouldn't say, you know, now I like look for a reason to go. Like I loved planning, you know, some things for my birthday trip in June. I also like the idea. Yeah, because that coincides with Vegas vacation. So they have a meet and greet on the Monday, which a number of people are in. And also Vegas Duffy is going to be there. So I like that kind of thing. But also I sometimes like get invited now because of the travel agency business to different events. So sometimes something will just crop up. So I think part of my mindset has been, and also I've really been pretty busy. And as you know, the travel stuff we're doing with Travels Works Travel has really picked up quite a bit. So that also is another thing to keep us busy. But I think part of it, you know, I figure if I don't need to, you know, I sort of figure like trips will come up. Like at the end of last year, when I got invited to the Raiders game, to the Chicago Bears game, yes. like that happened like yeah, the week yeah. before and I just went. So part of my mind. But you, is, that's sort of thing you can do, whereas that's not right. I and can that's. Do. Yeah. That's so, so sort of my mindset is I don't want to build in lots of extra trips because then when something comes along that I really want to go to, like a concert or somebody's going to be in town or it's going to be last minute. I mean, similar to like we were going to meet at Encore Boston and that didn't work, but that's fine. But, you know, I figure if I have all of these other trips and then those things come up. Then it becomes a dilemma because I feel like I'm taking too many trips. So I think I'm running to this natural kind of thing where sometimes then it'll just be a hiatus for six months because I didn't decide to. And that's fine with me. I mean, I I feel it does. I think this is going to sound like a weird thing to say on a a podcast where where we we love Vegas is I think it does get easier too. (laughs) The longer you're away, it does get better because you really yearn for it. Well, certainly I do anyway. And I'm certainly I have sort of made peace with the fact that I have to do less trips. And I'd rather do less trips and be able to maintain my bankroll than to still go multiple times a year and have to half my bankroll or whatever else. So I think that would be sort of one of my closing thoughts on, on how the future pans out. I think, you know, 
No, it's a, it's it's very interesting. I mean, I I would love to hear from other people how they they balance the Vegas me. You like handle the Vegas me balance because that yeah. is a totally. And I remember as my kids were growing up, I had some. I mean, I took the kids to casinos, you know, like Atlantic City and stuff, when my wife was off traveling around the world mm. just because I could. So I've done that in numerous places. But you know, part of that was geography and but it was definitely different types of you know different types of trips and there's are some funny stories that come you know come out of that stuff i could probably mention it now because the kids are older the kids are old enough to so <laughs> call child protective services on me but no i think it's really interesting so any final thoughts on your next vegas trip or you know balancing this whole i think we just out? have to wait and see and we have to wait and see the way the you know travel guys even for me at the moment finding reward availability has been near impossible it's it's crazy and i think that's in part due to the high prices people are, are using points instead and, and miles instead so we just as crazy i've for the one time in my life i don't have a trip planned and i've always had sort of the next trip planned or booked in mind you know ahead of time before the current trip ends if that makes sense and once in my life i don't have that and i'm at peace with that at the moment I think. No, no, it's good to be. It's good to be at peace. Well, he also the now, other thing until next week, I'm like, oh god, I want to go to Vegas. <laughs> well, but the other thing that's really tricky is this is also what turned things sort of upside down. Award availability and everything as we were coming out of COVID. Yeah. All of a sudden, there was a ton of award availability. And, and then now you it's no. Don't you think everybody has like oh short term memory? God. It's like you realize. I was, even, I was even trying to get a flight up to like Scotland, and it was like it's impossible some weekends. And that's like an easy award flight to get. Yeah. Crazy. And then you wind up with sweet spots, you know, and you yeah. find you could find something or it's just it's really, really tricky. And so, I think and one it, of the last thing that I just sort of thought of, too, is there's, there's other travel that you want to catch up on because, you know, it's not only Vegas we haven't been able to travel to. We're going to France for the summer and we haven't been able to go for two years and we go every year. So there's that aspect. So there's other things, too. I'm, I'm going to, um, to Poland in August. There's things like that that went. Before, I would have been doing those anyway, and I would have probably thought, well, I do those all the time, whereas that's become something that I haven't been able to do for two years, so that's impacted. Yeah, and also your camping trips. That could be another episode. Yeah, well. <laughs> we would talk about that. Well, you know, I, you, well, I, yeah, I tell you something about that when we come off air. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so no, really, really lovely conversation about that. So I wanted to share, before I share my like little host, you know, casino host thought, just a reminder to visit zorkoffer.com and also for your next trip, consider visiting travelzorktravel.com. We would love to quote, you know, we do a lot of luxury hotels. Just give us an idea. Another thing that's also really useful if people want us to quote something and they don't have an idea. It's fine if you don't have an idea, but sometimes it's a good idea to have, know a little bit about your budget, especially lately that travel prices are so wackadoodle that it's really hard to. And we've, really had hard some, to we've had some great offers recently too. Like I've been booking loads of bookings on the new Empresario three for three nights for the price of two deal. So don't be afraid to get in touch because we got some great offers that even can beat those sort of advanced saving saver rates or whatever they do at the moment. So do get in touch with us. Right. And you can always email us tips at travelzork.com. And there's also a live chat on the Travelzork website, which we can respond to at certain hours. So think about 
You know, one of the things that I'm always talking about with casino players is this whole host interaction. I think nothing creates more angst for players <laughs> than their interaction with hosts. It's like they want to do it. And it is, it's very interesting. But the only thing I'd like to leave people with, with this whole entire comp game and this whole comp hustle is that sometimes you're actually better off not even pursuing the host angle because of the angst it creates for people, but also because in order to really optimize whatever you get with casino comps, you have to be the type of person and of the type of mindset that you have to keep asking for things. Because until somebody tells you no, you're never sure what you're going to ask for. And overall, if you're a decent player and you're consistent and you're coming back and you're booked by a host, a host wants to make you happy. And you have to think about the additional things that hosts can do for you. You know, there are some things that are easy for them to do for you, like send up an amenity to your room, like a bottle of bourbon, things like limo rides, you know, so you've got to keep that stuff in in mind because some of those things like fall into discretionary buckets, but you really do need to balance. I mean, I think the hardest part is you get into a host relationship. You love the person that you're dealing with, but you're still gambling and it's still sort of a business relationship and you're sort of yeah. friendly, but you're like, Oh, am I overstepping and asking for too much? And it's like, well, you know, you are risking your money and you are gambling. Yeah. You are a recreational gambler, you know, so you have to you just have to really balance some of that. And with that, that's a great segue into a new podcast that is called Crap Vegas. And it involves Chris, who's small whale 13 on Twitter and also Vegas Duffy. And they talk a lot about you know about craps and i'll put a look i'll a put link. a link in the show i'll put a link is that the word is that it's hard you know as we get older you know coming yeah. up with them i'll put a link in the show notes but also what's interesting and i know they have an episode that'll be coming up soon where they talk a lot about hosts and also you know these are pretty decent players so it, but it gives you a good perspective on that kind of stuff and it's it is definitely things that i like to talk about i think especially because there is no easy answer. You know, there is no right or wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. It is definitely something interesting. It's definitely sort of a be careful what you wish for. <laughs> is that something a good way to say? Something you can never learn. It's something you can never really truly master dealing with a host. <laughs> You'll think you've got it and then a whole curveball will be thrown into the mix. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, and also the other problem with it is, you know, it becomes like a loyalty two-way street, right? So you want to keep going to the same property. And some of that doesn't work, you know, some of that doesn't work for people. And also keeping up your same level of play, that yeah. can induce a huge amount of anxiety. I mean, we all know this slot players or table players. You have those trips where like you're a craps player, you go and you can play for six hours and you wind up, you know, winning a little, losing a little, breaking even, good table rating, everything is fine. Then the next day you have a similar thing. You've had this trip, you've played for 15 or 20 hours. It's all great. And then you come back and you have the next trip and, you know, you get massacred at the dice table, you know, like you lose almost yeah. your whole bankroll in the first 30 minutes. And you're like, how did this happen? You know, like, and that's, and I'm yeah. sure you have that thing with slots too. Yeah, you well, feel like definitely. 
you've played for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, I mean, I just think sometimes that, you know, it's tough. You know, it's really, really, it is a tough psychological game. That's why, you know, how deep you get into it and how far you want to go into it is really like, it's a battle. It truly is a battle. And you have to figure out if that takes away from your stays or not, you know, right? And pleasing a host then adds another level of that kind of thing. So it's sort of interesting. I think you've run into the same kind of observations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something we probably need to touch on in a future episode. But yeah, and it can all horribly go wrong very, very quickly. (laughs) But then you can have the opposite happen on other trips where they can't give you enough and you probably leave stuff on the table. So swings and roundabouts. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you. This was wonderful. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Insta at TravelZork and on the ZorkCast Facebook group. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, dream big and remember, a dollar won is twice as sweet as a dollar earned. 